Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Adams, political scientist at St. Paul's College at the University of Manitoba. Chris, good afternoon. Hi, Hal. Nice to be on your show again. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Well, the Tories, the federal Tories, have picked Aaron O'Toole as their new leaders. Now, um, I guess if you were up late, early this morning, in fact, you may have seen his victory speech. I doubt many people did. They had some issues opening the ballots. Anyhow, that's uh, all done now. And uh, and he is the winner. I guess we better start here, uh, Chris. Mm-hmm. Who is Aaron O'Toole? Well, he's a member of Parliament uh, from Southern Ontario. He represents the riding of Dundas, I believe. He ran in the uh, 2017 leadership race, but more as a moderate rather than this time around. He was a little bit more right of centre. Um, so so he was seen as sort of the number two in the race since uh, Peter McKay jumped in. Uh, so, so you know, I had my money on him for the reason that, not that I'm a partisan, but I, you know, in terms of predicting, I had predicted that he would win simply because I, I knew that uh, Derek Sloan and, and Leslin Lewis, their candidates, would probably move over to uh, Aaron O'Toole before they moved over to McKay. So uh, it wasn't a huge surprise, right. but anyway, it was an interesting night, or very late, early morning, I should say. Yeah, and I guess McKay was seen as sort of the establishment candidate, but I I think they were sort of talking uh, like 40% being an important number for him. Had he come out on that first ballot, and he did come out ahead on the first ballot, but I think the number most observers were were saying he needed was about 40%. He didn't hit that, and so then it gets more difficult for him to hang on and win because, as you said, on the second and third ballots, other uh, candidate supporters uh, were going to go O'Toole's way. You you mentioned O'Toole. Tool in the past has been seen as more liberal. Maxime Bernier has actually come out today, of course, from the People's Party, and he is is warning conservatives of that. He's saying, you guys have just picked a red Tory. During the leadership convention, he may have said, look at me, I'm true blue. But in fact, according to Maxime Bernier, he is a red Tory, more liberal. Now, Maxime Bernier has something to gain here, uh, but would you agree with that assessment, or you, you seem to know O'Toole, for, uh, O'Toole fairly well? Yeah, and I, I would see him more as a small C conservative. Uh, but, you know, when you're running for a leadership, whether you're running in the primaries in the United States or a leadership uh, for a party here, you go towards the heart of your membership. That is, what are their priorities? And then after you uh, solidify your leadership, then you move towards the middle ground. And I, we saw that uh, in his speech right after winning the uh, the ballots last night or early this morning. Uh, much like the Democrats, to win a primary, you go to the left, and then when you get to the election, you move to to the center. So, so I'm not surprised that he's repositioning himself. But you know, looking at the Twitterverse uh, this morning, there is a fair amount of uh, conversation about things that you know uh, he's he's you know bring back Canada to to its greatness type of uh, uh, slogan that he had. I'm 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 <laughs> ruining it right now. But anyway, he has uh, taken right of center positions, and uh, many people will remember that when it goes into an election. And but, you know, one talk I, about I what? To, uh, yeah, yeah. I just sure. wanted to mention how you know I was looking at the numbers. 
across Winnipeg and Manitoba. That is, where did the Conservative Party delegates, where did they vote? And I was quite surprised yes. that there was Good. no overwhelming support for Aaron O'Toole in Manitoba. There were pockets of support for him. I, I think, if I'm remembering right, Nipawa and, and Pors La Prairie's, uh, maybe Brandon. But uh, Peter McKay, he got more of his support from the more affluent south side of Winnipeg. So, um, And also, I was surprised that Leslin Lewis did so well among many Manitoba delegates. So it, in our province, there was no overwhelming strength for any of the four candidates. Well, and I wanted to ask you what O'Toole will mean for Winnipeg and Manitoba. He's the Tory leader now. He could be a prime minister, maybe the next prime minister of Canada. What will this uh, man, this leader, mean for us here in Winnipeg and uh, and in Manitoba? Because I think O'Toole was seen sort of as the Western pick, right? I mean, yeah. most people in Western Canada were O'Toole supporters. Well, uh, that that is right. The national press sees him as more of a Western-supported uh, candidate, uh, in large part, I think, because Jason Kenney came out and supported him. And I, d- I don't think O'Toole would have won this leadership without uh, Kenney's support, the Premier of Alberta. But he does take positions that, that are more oriented to Alberta's voters than uh, so much for Manitoba's voters. And I'm thinking in terms of He's, he's really aligned himself with, with not being supportive of, of uh, cli- uh, uh, responses to climate change. That is, he, he's more uh, against the carbon tax, as I understand it. And uh, um, he also is, is uh, wanting um, transfer payments to be revised, and that's the position of Jason Kenney regarding uh, federal fiscal arrangements. So I think he's more of an Alberta candidate than a Manitoba candidate, but there will be many uh, conservatives who will be happy to see him as the new leader, and I think he will have some appeal to people who might be less supportive of Justin Trudeau uh, that might have been a couple of months ago. Mask etiquette. This is, uh, I mean, not just whether or not you think masks uh, serve a purpose or do any good. That's a whole other thing. But just mask etiquette. Um, What's the best, and I guess let's talk about Prairie Mountain where it's mandatory. Um, and, And I guess in schools it will be mandatory. And there's calls for masks to be mandatory on Winnipeg transit buses. That's not the case yet. Talk about mask etiquette here because it can get a little... Uh, fiery at times absolutely i think the first thing that we need to talk about is how to wear a mask and it yes and the mask should cover your nose and it should cover your mouth um mm-hmm. i'm sure that you've seen i've seen people wear it on their chin they're kind of you know half in the game or they're wearing it on their mouth but not on their nose and mm-hmm. and of course we know that as you breathe regardless you know, droplets uh, come out of your nose and mouth. So the face covering needs to cover both of those mouth and nose, first thing. Mm. Secondly, um, it is confusing. We have some areas here in Manitoba, as you had said, that masks are mandatory and masks are mandatory for certain people and not for other people. And uh, the news changes or the protocols change they can change from week to week month to month even day to day and and many people are confused about what they should be doing it's not that they don't want to do it they just don't know what they're doing so Mm -hmm. when we when we look at uh masks I, i tell people carry a mask just number one carry a mask and really look at um the etiquette 
of, of having that mask as uh, living with civility or using civility as your guideline. And when I say that, I ask people or ask people to think about um, thinking about civility in this respect of, of Lou Bear's uh, civility experts definition. And, and she goes on to say, uh, having a conscious awareness of your impact. And that could be your thoughts, your actions, the words, intentions of others. And then looking at a second thing, an acknowledgement of your responsibility. And I know that the last time that we were um, talking last week, it was about being responsible for who you are and being responsible for your actions and what you do. And again, I bring this back to it's your responsibility. And then lastly, um, an effort, an effort to adopt uh, a civil behavior, make it as part of who you are. So when we take that definition and we look at mask etiquette, for example, we are looking at thinking about when you walk out your door, you're thinking about not you and the navel gazing mm-hmm. that I talked about. Yeah. What is your intention? Is your intention to make the world a better place where you're going to look after other people? Therefore, you're going to have the mask and you're going to put it on when you're when you're in the vicinity of other people. Are you going to think about being kind to other people? So if if uh, people are walking around and they're nervous, you're going to put on that mask because, of course, there are many people that are so extremely fearful about what's going on. They don't understand. And things change from time to time, especially with um, Mr. Mr. Brent. And it's difficult to know what to do. So we have to, we, it's our responsibility to ease the experience of other people. And we need mm-hmm. to do that through kindness, non-judgment. Um, if someone else is not wearing a mask... Yeah, let me let me let me. Yeah, Jessica, let, let me interrupt. I just want to I want to carry the conversation in, in a in. Sure. I appreciate all your information, but I just want to jump in with a question. Let's comment on that, and then we'll talk about how to handle it when people aren't wearing a mask when maybe they yeah. they should wear a mask. So here here's my uh, and I wanted to jump onto what you were saying there because it, you're right. It's it it is almost like a common courtesy now the mask you know we know that we don't wear the mask really to protect ourselves we wear it to protect others because uh, we you know that's the way the virus works when it comes to masks and so we do this yeah. as a common courtesy for other people right and that's why i think it really falls under the heading of of etiquette that's why i think you're a great person to talk to about this because it's like holding a door open for somebody it, it's it's just kind of it's become a common courtesy in 2020 to wear a mask it's it's become good etiquette right absolutely and as i had said before and i'm going to say it again most etiquette rules are start with safety in mind they Mm. so i always bring up the hat example we are taught to take off our hats when we walk into a building or when we're at the dinner table it's not because it's you know take off your hat because i don't want to look at your hat it's because you've been outside and your hat has dirt on it, dust on it, so now you're going to come to the table, and that dust is going to fall into your food. Mm-hmm. So yeah. wearing masks is about safety. It is courtesy. It is about taking care of other people. 
Yeah. And okay, so let's talk about uh, about what to do if you're in a situation where you're you know somebody's supposed to be wearing a mask and they're not wearing a mask. How do you handle that? Do you just say nothing? Do you say something? Because those situations can get very emotional. Things can escalate quickly. What's the best way to handle a situation like that? Well, of course, because uh, with COVID, of course, you, you, um, you're going to get sick or you may get sick. Of course, I'm not a doctor, but, but the thing is, is that people are fearful when they're around other people not wearing masks. So depending on the organization. So, uh, for example, in um, Dauphin and I believe Brandon, it's mandatory now. You have yep, to wear Prairie a mask. Mountain, right. Yes. Exactly. But in Winnipeg, um right now we do not have to and the bus for example i think there's saskatoon and ourselves that we we don't have to wear that mask now if we go into an organization and it says on the door you know everybody has to wear a mask expect to wear a mask and it's up to the um the person working in that in that organization to police the masking uh, masking we, as an individual, mm-hmm. you need to be responsible for your safety. So if that other individual comes around you without a mask, you can say, "Please, you know, please social distance. I'm looking after my safety." You're allowed to do that, but which is extremely rude is to go up to someone and say, you're not wearing a mask. You should get out of here. Go away. You're a bad person. That is not what you do. You're allowed to um, look after your space and be safe and verbalize. I'm social distancing. I'm wearing a mask. I would appreciate if you would wear a mask in my space, please. That's, that's acceptable. It is not acceptable to uh, talk loudly, embarrass the other person. You do not know what's going on with the other person. You don't, you do, and this is where non-judgment comes in. You don't know if they have a medical condition. They forgot their mask. You don't know if they're running in the store for, for something that happened. You don't know. You do not know. So you can police yourself, but don't try and go beyond that and be rude to other people and police the store. That is the um, management and the employees' jobs to do that in their environment. Joining us now on the phone, AMC Grand Chief Arlen Dumas. Chief Dumas, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Excellent. Thank you very much for doing this. Um, so as uh, Prairie Mountain, Brandon, Dauphin, and other areas of Prairie Mountain Health Region uh, kind of crack down on COVID-19, you would like to see a crackdown on northern travel again. Uh, explain this. Yeah, well, in light of the uh, the incidents that have been happening, you know, we, there, there's been a lot of traveling, and I think that uh, uh, we need to t- do some decisive and principled measures to sort of uh, uh, again, lessen lessen the impacts and spread of uh, COVID nineteen. You know, and it's a it's an interesting tightrope that we walk with this uh, virus, right, with the pandemic, because uh, we obviously want to get it under control, uh, but we also don't want to, I don't think, go back to shutting things down completely. Doctor Rusin keeps telling us we have to live to learn uh, learn to live with this. Uh, virus, uh, but you at this point feel that shutting down northern travel would would still be worth it. It, it wouldn't be too much of a a, a measure, right? Eh? 
No, I, I don't think so. I think there's I think we know more now than, than we did before, uh, initially when we had declared the state of emergency. And I think that there is a as long as there's a willingness to take a look at things in innovative ways, I believe that we've we've established that there's some safety in, in our uh, logistical shipping of things. There's there's safety in these different things that we've done. I think that uh, I think our successes collectively might be our our liability because I think it's our, our, our people need to, to be more vigilant. Uh, and I don't only mean First Nations people, but collectively Manitobans, we, we need to uh, remind ourselves that we're all in this together and we have to figure out a way forward. And I think that if we, if we do a staggered approach, if, if, if we figure out, okay, then if we do, do, do a shutdown, well, then what does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean like a complete uh, uh, stopping of everything. I'm, I'm sure there's certain things that we can we can build upon together to to navigate how we move forward. Um, but unfortunately, I think we're we're trying we're seeing too much uh, uh, wanton uh, taking of liberties on on some of our safety measures that that we've established. And I think uh, things need to be reset so we can refocus how we collectively move towards what the new normal is going to be. Have you approached the province on this, or, or Dr. Rusin? Have you gone to them with your concern? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, you know, I want to commend the province and uh, Dr. Rusin for the good work he's done, and also with our First Nations pandemic response team. And that we've collected over the weekend, we've been having uh, some conversations, and we will we will follow up as to how we move forward. And uh, and because we need to preserve, uh, you know, the. Uh, the north and and our our communities you know this the issue is very important and we we need to ensure that we're making well-informed decisions as we move forward are they open to the idea did you get the sense that uh, that they're uh, in agreement, or or what did they tell you can you share with us yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There, there. You know, I, I believe we have a very good, uh, constructive working relationship. And you know, Dr. Rusin and the province, they, they certainly take seriously uh, uh, our positions uh, of, of what the chiefs want forward, and, and they don't, they, they take it serious. And we're very much uh, a team as we move forward and, and, and decide how we're gonna, how, what it is we're going to do for, for the north. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll be speaking with uh, Dr. Rusin fairly shortly, actually. All right. Chief Dumas, thank you for this, and, and we'll watch for an update on it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good day. And Thank you very much. That everybody. is AMC Grand Chief Arlen Dumas. Yes, stay safe, everybody, uh, from Chief Dumas there. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.